Hi, and welcome to another episode of GovCasts. I'm T. Dow, and today we'll be talking to Sarah Booth from Sawatch Labs about electrification. Now, I know fleet electrification is a really big and complex topic, so today we'll be focusing on practical tips for government fleet managers looking to electrify or expand their electrification efforts. But before we start, remember to connect with us on social media. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss future episodes of GovCast. And then you can also find these episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you prefer to listen. And now here is my conversation with Sarah. All right, Sarah, can you briefly tell me about your work helping public fleets with electrification? Yeah, I'd be glad to. So at Sawatch Labs, we work with fleets that are trying to figure out which vehicles they can replace with an electric vehicle. Often it's to meet their broader sustainability goals. And we identify how they're driving every single minute and then figure out if an EV will meet their needs and whether or not they'll save money. Awesome. Um, so our focus today for, for this video is on kind of practical tips for fleets transitioning to EVs. I know you recently co-authored some reports with the National Renewable Energy Lab, or NREL, um, on this topic. So what are some takeaways from these reports? Of course. So we worked with um, state fleets and a handful of university fleets for that analysis for NREL that was funded by the U.S. Department of Energy. And some of the key takeaways are there was no consistent um, number of vehicles that were a good fit. It wasn't all sedans are a good fit at the state level or 50% of sedans. It very much varied, not surprisingly, based on how the fleets are using those vehicles. Some of the takeaways um, at a really high level are the university's range was just not an issue. Not surprisingly, they're pretty geographic, geographically constrained operating on campus or near campus. When you start looking at states, you have a lot of vehicles that operate within municipal areas, you know, the state capital, um, for example, but then you also have a lot of vehicles that drive very far and they're driving to rural parts of the state, maybe doing overnight trips and those vehicles range is an issue and also accessing charging infrastructure at overnight locations can be very difficult. Um, across the board, looking at all those vehicles, um, it was more than 10,000 vehicles analyzed. Um, there, range was less of an issue than the fleet managers anticipated. Um, there were of course vehicles where it was not a good fit, um, but in general, when you're looking at sedans and light duty vehicles, there are technologies on the market from a range standpoint that meet the vast majority of the range, daily range needs for um, municipal fleet or state and university fleets. One other thing to be um, that came out of those conversations at the state level is that Fleets that have and are looking at putting EVs in more rural areas are having difficulties finding um, certified EV maintenance staff at different dealerships to be able to service those vehicles. And they express that some of the difficulties there are then for any maintenance that needs to be done under warranty, they need to have the vehicle towed back to a large um, municipal center. And that can be very, very difficult. So some of the state fleets were looking at electrifying vehicles that were in large um, city areas first before tackling the more rural ones, not because of range, but because of lack of access to, to maintenance staff. Um, and then I would say the other big takeaway there is economics was an issue. A lot of the vehicles don't drive enough to have a sufficient savings to offset that higher upfront cost of vehicles. Um, and that was kind of across the board on the state and the university side. 
Thank you. Um, in your experience, what are fleet managers most concerned about when it comes to electrification um, outside of these reports? So what's the biggest impediment and, and what advice do you have for conquering those? Yeah, the, the conversations that we hear all around the country with fleets are a lot of concern about range. And I would say that one is often unfounded. We've seen that in the data in general, lots of vehicles are a good fit from a range standpoint. Um, but then we also hear, understandably, that the total cost of ownership is much higher. This certainly can be an issue. And then infrastructure is a really big impediment to being able to successfully deploy EVs. Um, that gets really complicated, even with state um, and municipal fleets, when you start talking about whether or not they own the facility where their office is and whether or not they have the ability to install infrastructure. Um, if they own it, if they have a long-term lease, if their lease is about to expire, all of that falls into those conversations and impacts their ability to do that. Additionally, um, working with trying to understand what their current load is from the facilities at that location and how that might marry up with the projected load that's coming from EVs and what that might do to their electricity demand and what infrastructure upgrades they might need. I would say that is a big area of concern. We tend to see that conversation come up more with fleets that have already put some EVs in place and now understand that that is something that they need to be discussing. Somewhat related, uh, I know that you, you know, people often need to work with utilities to when, they, when it comes to electrification. Um, how and when should they start working with utilities? Yeah, that's a great question. Early and often would be our recommendation to fleets. Um, I, there are a number of utilities around the country that are offering different types of infrastructure programs to support the build out of EV infrastructure. These are often called make ready programs, but everyone kind of has their own different program name. Um, so I would say reach out to your utility right away. They will help you understand if you need upgrades at specific facilities and also identify what funding they might have available to support the fleets in that manner. Um, I was just talking with a large um, investor owned utility yesterday or the day before, and they are trying right now to understand across their entire system, what fleet electrification is going to look like as it grows out. You know, What does it look like next year, but also what does it look like five, 10 years from now? How fast are fleets gonna move so that they're working to make sure their in infrastructure at the system level is ready to support that. So utilities are really looking to have those conversations with fleets um, early on their side because it helps them plan too. So lots of events happening uh, worldwide that are really resulting in a, a you know bigger push away from fossil fuel vehicles, but, but also making it hard for uh, fleet managers to get the vehicles that they need. Um, are you seeing this for EVs? And what do you recommend that fleet managers do in the meantime? Yeah, this is a tough thing all around. Um, what we recommend is to think a little bit more long-term when you're looking at your procurement plans. Don't just see what you need for this next year and, and recognize that you might not be able to get the EV you want this year. Think about what you're looking for the next at least two to three years and work with your dealer or whoever your procurement agency is to start identifying if you need to get on a reservation list. Um, you know, A good example of this right, is the Ford Lightning they they sold out early and it's fleets are talking about how it's really difficult to get access to the pickup trucks and so many fleets have pickup trucks um so working with your with your dealer um get on a list let them know kind of what you're thinking over for this year next year and the year after that um that can be really really helpful um along those lines one of the other things that we talk about is you know one of 
if you, if you buy an EV now, or if you buy an, an ICE now, because an EV isn't available, um, be aware that you're locking yourself in for seven years or whatever the, the lifetime is of that vehicle in your fleet. You're locking yourself in to fuel prices that are based on the gas prices, which have been very volatile and can be volatile. Um, so the decision that you're making at the procurement side now doesn't just affect your procurement and your cost today. It really does affect you over the, the next seven years of that vehicle. Um, and the same thing goes in terms of trying to meet your um, your greenhouse gas emissions reductions, should you have one. You know, if you buy an ICE now, you are locked in uh, to those carbon emissions for seven years. So if you can get ahead of that kind of um, procurement process and, and start planning for the next few years and, and get signed up, that will help you make the be able to make the decision when you're ready to buy an EV, even if it's not immediately. All right, great. Uh, I think that's all the questions I have for today. Thank you so much for your time, Sarah. I uh, want to hear from our viewers. Let me know down in the comments below if you have any questions about uh, electrification or any challenges that you've encountered. Um, remember to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of Dubcast. See you next time. Thank you, T. Thank you.